From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to this Monday edition of Washington Watch. All eyes are off the Chinese balloon and now on Washington looking for answers. On Wednesday, when I was briefed on the balloon, I ordered the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided without doing damage to anyone on, on the ground. They decided that the best time to do that was to got over water outside within our within 12 mile limit. They successfully took it down, and I want to compliment our aviators who did it, and we'll have more to report on this uh, a little later. That was President Biden on Saturday. So why did the Biden administration wait until the surveillance balloon entered the U.S. airspace to begin with, crossing the continent before they took action? Again, if you look at the path and you put X's where all of our sensitive missile defense and nuclear weapons facilities are, I believe that they were trying to gain uh, information on how to defeat the command and control of our nuclear weapons systems and our missile defense systems. That's a crisis. That certainly should have had an urgency to the president and not just wait until this gets to the Atlantic to take it down. That was House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner yesterday on Meet the Press. We'll talk with Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, one of the states that the surveillance craft traversed in just a moment. Was this more than surveillance? Was it a trial balloon of sorts to test US, the U.S.'s resolve by the Chinese Communist Party? The Pentagon said this has been taking place for several years. So why is this the first that Congress and the public has been told about it? Retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, former Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence at the Pentagon, joins me. And does America have any borders? Migrants are flowing across the southern border, and now the Chinese are floating across our borders in the air with surveillance aircraft. Texas Congressman Michael Cloud will join me for that conversation. And you know what? There's great confusion today over issues of morality, especially when we talk about human sexuality. A large part of this goes back to the absence of teaching, or the muddled teaching, I should say, of many in the church. The Word of God is quite clear on this, but its teaching must be applied. And this is where biblical discipleship comes into play. So FRC has partnered with Summit Ministries to offer a six-part discipleship tool for churches, for small groups, and for families entitled, Now We Live. If we believe that the Christian story and the Bible is the true account of the world, we have to prioritize engaging with the world in a way that respects its reality. And so all of society, again, whether they go to church, whether they subscribe to Christianity, will benefit from a society that is permeated with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll talk about it with the president of Summit Ministries, Dr. Jeff Myers, a little later on this edition of Washington Watch. Tomorrow night, President Biden will deliver his State of the Union address. Uh, he's got a high hill to climb. Well, tonight, I will deliver the State of Faith, Family, and Freedom at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll have pastors, supporters, parents, and some members of Congress who will be joining us. And you can join us, too. Simply go to frc.org or tonyperkins.com at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for the State of Faith, Family, and Freedom in America. Our word for today comes from Jeremiah 15. Why is my pain unceasing and my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Will you be to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail? Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, I will restore you and you shall stand before me if you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, 
you shall be as my mouth. They shall turn to you, but you shall not turn to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you, for I am with you, declares the Lord. Weary of the cancel culture, Jeremiah complained that God hadn't protected him as promised. Here's God's response. Your focus is so much upon those who oppose you, you've allowed them to shape your thinking of me. Return to me and you'll find me faithful. Here's the word. Keep your eyes on Jesus. To be a part of our Bible reading plan, go to frc.org slash Bible. All right, on Saturday, U.S. fighter jet shot down a suspected Chinese supply spy balloon Saturday, but not before affording it ample time to potentially collect and transmit sensitive data about U.S. military installations. The decision by the Biden administration to wait until after the aircraft had breached U.S. airspace and traversed a significant portion of the country over several days baffled many on both sides of the political aisle and raised questions about President Biden's resolve. What will this mean for U.S.-China tensions? Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is U.S. Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Armed Services Committee and the Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs. Senator Hawley, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thanks so much for having me. All right. What do we know about this whole situation with the Chinese floating a balloon across the United States over sensitive military installations? Well, what we know is that they don't appear to have much respect for the United States or for the Biden administration in particular. This was a very provocative act, Tony. You know, the Beijing government is a lot of things, but stupid is not one of them. You cannot tell me that they did not fully anticipate that we would discover this balloon and went right across the continental U.S., including my home state of Missouri. I mean, right across my state, right across military installations in my state. And yet the Biden administration took no action until that balloon had gathered all the data it was going to gather. So I think what we've seen is a real display of weakness on the part of the Biden administration, a real display of unpreparedness. And frankly, I fear for the consequences of that. So, Senator Holly, you serve on the House Armed Services Committee. I have two questions for you. Uh, first, the Pentagon putting out a statement last Thursday. Uh, in that statement, a very short statement, one paragraph, they, they said that uh, this does not pre- uh, present a military or physical threat to people on the ground. Incidents, uh, instances of this kind of balloon activity have been observed previously over the past several years. How come we're just now finding out about this? Yeah, and this appears to be an attempt to to throw some chaff into the wind, Tony, and and distract. I mean, because what we've subsequently seen in reporting, and by the way, they haven't briefed members of Congress on this at all. I mean, the Pentagon is, all we know is what we are learning from news reports. The Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, the Democrat, has set a briefing for members of the Senate for a week from now. So they are not eager to explain themselves one little bit. And why would you be in the face of this debacle? But it looks like, Tony, what they said is they believe that China has perhaps done this in the past. But apparently, if they had, if China did, it was not reported to the Trump administration. It was not reported to members of Congress. So I I can't figure out what the truth is here. I don't know if we didn't realize it in the past or if some members of the intelligence community believe there was spying, but they just didn't report it up the chain of command. Either way, it is extremely disturbing. We need to get to the bottom of it. And Joe Biden needs to level with the American people. Where has he been for days? 
Now, He's made one brief statement to reporters. He needs to level with the American people about what's going on here. Now, Senator, I want to be very, very clear here. You're on the House or the Senate Armed Services Committee. This is a military issue, I would think. It's also an intelligence issue. But And I'm not asking you to breach any uh, confidential information that would, uh, you know, that would cross your security clearance. But are you saying that the, the, the Armed Services Committee has not been briefed by the military on these previous incidents that they say, oh, yeah, this has happened before, but they've never told Congress about it? Yeah, I'm saying I'm on the I'm on the Homeland Security Committee, but not the Armed Services Committee now. But it's the same point, because it, it, it we would be briefed on the same intel. And I've called for a full hearing before the Homeland Security Committee on this, the threat from this balloon and from any and every other attempt by the Chinese government to spy. But the answer to your question is, I have not received any briefing on these events. And members of Congress, members of the Senate are being offered a briefing in over a week. But until then, we're just told to, you know, just stand by, uh, read the comments that are coming out, listen to what the Pentagon is willing to say, maybe off the record or on background. But a full-dress, classified briefing, to my knowledge, has not been offered until uh, the one that Senator Schumer has set for February the 15th. That's amazing to me that the, the Pentagon is saying, oh, yeah, the Chinese have floated balloons over the last several years. This has happened. Um, but we're just now talking about it. I would, th- I would think they w- would have a duty to report that to Congress, even if it is classified. Uh, I understand that. But still, there should be information going to Congress. Now, I want to ask you one other question based upon this statement. They said once the balloon was detected, the U.S. government acted immediately to protect against the collection of sensitive information. How so? Well, who knows? I mean, that's exactly the kind of thing that the president should uh, disclose to the American people. I have no idea. And we're just supposed to take it on faith. Frankly, I don't know that I really believe it. I mean, the problem with this administration is you can't really believe anything that they say on any topic. And the truth is, if they were tracking the balloon, and we know that they were, Tony, by the way, here's the other thing that really alarms me. We now know the administration knew of this spy balloon before it was disclosed to the public, and they did not intend to say anything. It was only because a local newspaper reported and published a picture that the administration decided, eh, we're actually going to have to say something about this. They wanted to keep this in the dark. They wanted to keep the American people in the dark. Boy, that is wrong. And so, frankly, I don't trust anything the president says on it. He needs to level with the American people. He needs to answer questions, and they need to tell us what in the world has happened here and how they allowed it to happen. Uh, Senator, I want to, I want to go to the Chinese response after the their spy uh, ship was shot down. China strongly disapproves of and protests against the U.S. attack on a civilian unmanned airship by force. This was the Chinese foreign ministry. They delivered that message on Sunday morning. I mean, it's like somebody breaking into your house and you hit them upside the head with the first thing you can grab and and they file a lawsuit against you. They complain that the fact that you attacked them because they came into your house. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. And, you know, the Beijing government, I guess you have to give them kudos for their consistency in terms of their, their lies and obfuscation. I mean, it, it's the most outrageous nonsense that emanates from there. But listen, I mean, these are the same people who said they had nothing to do with COVID. They're the ones who unleashed COVID on the world. And I think almost certainly fiddled around with it in a lab, which is how it reached the lethality that it did. So 
They are a bad actor. They should be an international pariah. Tony, we should be taking this opportunity to galvanize our allies and partners around the world to say that we have got to isolate this government in Beijing. We have got to send their economy back to the 1970s. We have got to protect American interests, American security that includes our jobs, that includes our trade. This ought to be a wake-up call. But I don't hear Joe Biden saying any of that. I hear him just brushing off reporters and refusing to answer questions, which begs the question, what are they doing in the White House? Uh, Senator, very quickly, 30 seconds left. Tomorrow night, the president gives his State of the Union address. You know, over 70 percent of Americans say the country's on the wrong track. How does he do a victory lap and tell everybody everything's okay? Well, there's no victories to be had here. I mean, his administration has left this nation poorer, weaker, less secure, dependent on China, who he seems intent on appeasing. He has a lot to answer for, Tony. And uh, frankly, I don't see how he does it. All right. Senator Josh Hawley, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thanks for having me. I think the president's got a tremendous uphill climb to convince America that his policies are working. I mean, people are feeling it. Every time they go to the grocery store, I went to the grocery store last night. It seems like every time I go, the price tag for a little basket of groceries keeps going up. Americans are not going to buy it. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk actually about that uh, with Congressman Michael Cloud a little bit later in the program. But coming next, I, I want to continue this conversation of China. I think this is quite significant. When you take all the pieces that have been floating out there and put them together, the warnings about China... The fact that they're breaching our airspace, collecting intelligence over some very significant and sensitive sites. This needs more attention. We're going to be joined by our own general, General Jerry Boykin, joins us next. Don't go away. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us, and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org slash worldview. 
Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us on this uh, Monday. Be sure and tune in tonight, 8 p.m., Eastern Time for our state of faith, family, and freedom in the United States. Okay, the fallout from a Chinese spy balloon breaching U.S. airspace continues with conflicting reports now alleging similar occurrences under the previous administration. I asked Senator Hawley about it. He said there had been no briefing of Congress about that. You know, what can we believe? And what does this tell us about our military and the chain of command? And what did this uh, this test from the China reveal about the Biden administration. Is is this China probing to see what our resolve might be? Well, join me now to discuss this and more as FRC's executive vice president, retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, who spent the last four years of his 36-year military career serving as the deputy undersecretary of defense for intelligence. He was also one of the original members of the U.S. Army's Delta Force. General, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Tony. Good, good to, to be with you. Good to see you. All right. Let me ask you this question. I'm going to go and I asked uh, Senator Hawley about this just a few moments ago, but we have a statement last week from the DOD that said, oh, this uh, this kind of balloon activity has been observed previously over the past several years. The, the, The Trump administration says they heard nothing about this. So what's going on here? Yeah, well, first of all, if you believe that those incursions occurred, then you have to ask yourself, why was the leadership of this country not notified? And and if they were not notified, then there needs to be an investigation into this. My personal view is that this did not happen, that uh, these uh, incursions that are alleged right now, based on what Mark Esper testified to, uh, who was the previous Secretary of Defense, he said no one ever brought anything like this to him. So there is either something wrong in the Pentagon and the military structure to where the, the the generals are out of control or somebody is not telling the truth about this. Well, I mean, could it be General Milley? Maybe he picked up the phone and called the Chinese and said, hey, you got a balloon over here. What's it doing over here? Oh, that's just uh, that, that, they're just out there for a ride. It got caught in the winds and uh, blown over. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we saw with Milley in the Trump administration that was revealed after the Trump administration ended. That's right. And just for everybody's uh, memory, uh, you need to remember that uh, Milley called his counterpart in China and said, if our president makes any decision to launch a nuclear weapon, I'll I'll get in touch with you. I'll let you know. 
So this is a guy that is, uh, first of all, untrustworthy, but secondly, uh, it, it's hard to understand what his agenda is. And and I, therefore, uh, think that somebody needs to look into this. There needs to be an investigation. Tony, this was, this having this thing flying over America for seven days is a serious matter. It's a very serious matter. What if that thing had been loaded with an EMP-capable right. warhead? Exactly. And it was at the right altitude If that if it had exploded up there. You didn't have to shoot so, it at anything. Just exploded in the atmosphere. We, we lose half of our, our grid, so at least. That's another question. Was this a probe? Was this a trial balloon, if you will, to see what America's responses would uh, would be? Tony, if, if you look at how the Chinese operate, I would say to you, there's no question this was a probe. They were uh, trying to see what our response time would be, what our actions were going to be, whether we were going to shoot it down or not. So I think that not only did we have, uh, we compromised in terms of the information that they were able to glean by being right over at least three of our most important nuclear facilities, but also, I think that uh, we have now shown them what our response time is going to be and how we're going to respond to this kind of thing in the future. And there will be more of these, Tony. I tell you that right now, there will be more of these. It may not be a balloon flying over Montana, but there'll be more of this same kind of stuff because this is just one more thing in a series of things. I mean, there's no question they've had ships off our coast. Uh, outside of our territorial waters, but they've had ships off of our coast uh, observing and collecting intelligence. And so I think that we have got to take this seriously and the Congress has to take it seriously and they have to hold somebody accountable for uh, what has happened here in the last six days. Well, clearly someone's not telling the truth because if, in fact, this has not happened before the Pentagon just put out a statement saying that it had. If it has happened before, no one has told those in authority or the civilian leadership of the country. And so someone needs to be held accountable for that. I want to ask you a technical question, General Boykin. I know we've got the, the satellites and the satellites are so precise that they can even read license plates off of cars. What could have been gained by this type of device over what they have in terms of their capacity with satellites? Well, they may have been able to get certain angles with a balloon that they can't get with the satellite. Satellites are much higher up. Satellites are in, in higher orbits, and, uh, and satellites are less maneuverable than a balloon like that, which could be uh, directed into places that you may not be able to see with a, uh, with a satellite. So I think that it's reasonable that they're using uh, everything that they have, everything that could give them an edge in terms of collecting intelligence against us. Is this a, is this a red line of sorts for a, a foreign adversary to cross over into our territory gathering sensitive intelligence? Yeah, Tony, my, as far as I am concerned, uh, when they got close to the Aleutian Islands, and uh, got it within our 12-mile uh, territorial waters, we should have knocked them out right then. Knocked them out. Knocked them out in the North Pacific there. And uh, it would have been over with. This is going to happen again. 
And we better decide what we're going to do because we have miserably failed uh, on this first attempt here. All right. General Jerry Boykin, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Always great to see you. Good to be with you. I, I th- it's going to be interesting to see how the president handles this tomorrow night in his State of the Union address. Clearly, it's got to be front and center. I mean, his speech is going to have to probably be two hours long to cover all of the stuff that he needs to kind of cover up and explain away. I mean, I know he's got to, he, the left is going to demand that he focus on his uh, domestic policy of abortion pills, the transgendering of America. How is he going to have time to deal with the national security? Of course, that's quite fitting. I think that's why we're having these problems. He doesn't have time to focus on it. All right, we're going to continue this this conversation with Texas Congressman Michael Cloud after the break. Don't go away. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. This is Washington Watch, and I'm your host, Tony Perkins. All right, we're talking balloons and borders. You know, the the presence of a Chinese surveillance balloon in American airspace, American airspace last week, made it difficult to not. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw this. Making the connection between the breaching of U.S. territory in the sky and the ongoing crisis at our southern border. You know, another commonality they share is the lackluster response from the Biden administration to each of them. Oh, okay, we just got a balloon passing across gathering intelligence. We just have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, uh, hundreds of thousands, thousands of people crossing our borders, some of them threats to America. Oh, you know. So how does this reflect on the administration's regard for both our national security and our national sovereignty? 
Joining me now to discuss this is Congressman Michael Cloud. He serves on the House Committee on Oversight and Reform and uh, our accountability now, and the House Agriculture Committee. He represents the 27th Congressional District of Texas. Congressman Cloud, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you. Good to be on with you once again. Well, you have been on our southern border. You've been very outspoken yeah. about this. I mean, look, mm -hmm. is there not a strong comparison between the two? There's definitely a comparison in the sense that we have an administration that really doesn't have the safety and the security of America paramount. And whatever's motivating them to really let down the guard of the United States of America and let really so many evil things into our country is really troubling. And the fact that this balloon was able to fly all the way across from the United States before we took action on it is really troubling, but it's kind of a sign. The good news of it is the American people are seeing really China's intent and their willingness to act against us. They've been doing this in so many nefarious ways, kind of under the radar for those people who aren't really uh, paying attention to it. Uh, but, but we've got to take this seriously, and hopefully this will be a wake-up call for America. I mean, at one point, the balloon appeared over Montana, which is home to one of the U.S.'s three nuclear missile silos. Um, I mean, how could the administration allow this to happen? I mean, they could see the the the, the flight path that this thing was mm -hmm. going on. It's hard to know what they're thinking, but I'll tell you this. One of the things that I keep coming back to in all of this is, ironically, in the Ukraine, Biden, as vice president, said, we are trying to create a multipolar world. In other words, at the time, the United States had the strength that was paramount, and his goal was to create a world in which the United States was not a supreme power. Uh, and so you you look at that everything that's happening from Afghanistan to this and many other things in light of the context of that. That. And, and some of these things are like, hmm, I wonder what's happening here. You know, I've asked this question of military officials who come to Congress and want us to fund uh, fund uh, defense apparatus, in which we definitely need to. It's a major priority, if not the most <laughs> important priority of Congress. Uh, but when we're funding both sides in the sense to strengthen the United States, but also strengthen uh, countries that would be opposed to us, you, you wonder what's going on here. And so we need an administration that puts the United States of America first, not not only because of the United States, but really what we've seen, what happens in the world, we're such a force for good in the world when the United States has the strong, shining light that it can be. So, Congressman Cloud, tomorrow night the president gives his State of the Union address. I mean, you've got mm -hmm. um, over 70 percent of Americans say the country's on the wrong track, and he's the conductor. How's he going to convince everybody that things are okay? We're talking about balloons floating across the Ameri America, the border. Uh, there's a surge at our border. Talk about Ukraine. I mean, he's going to have you there mm -hmm. all night to convince people that the country's on the right track. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they twist the numbers and do whatever they can to try to say that we're strong. Of course, it's come to the point where almost that has to be the closing line that the United States is is in a strong place. But to look back even a year or two years ago or a few years ago and say that we're stronger now, the American people, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be this cognitive dissonance when the American people are at home going, OK, my dollar doesn't go as far as I do. I look at the safety and security of our neighborhoods. We're not as strong. Crime is rising. When I look at the safety and security of our country, uh, Countries like China are able to have their free free will exercised within our borders. And so, you know, it's it's a troubling place for us to be and why we need definitely strong leadership in Washington and in the White House, for sure. What would you like to see President Biden say tomorrow night? Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, 
You know, I'd like to see him say he's securing the border, that we're going to get back to fiscal sound policy, that we're, we're going to let the American uh, energy worker do their best work and put us back on a sound footing. Uh, you know, our energy sector, uh, it affects so much from food at the table, the price of food at the table, to our national security and influence abroad. And so, you know, getting back to sound fiscal policies, getting back to letting the American worker do their best work, uh, us getting back to securing our borders, I think would be a first huge step. Congressman Klein, I, I think he's probably going to be talking the opposite. I think he's going to be talking about his green agenda, which is killing jobs in the uh -huh. energy sector. I think he's going to talk not about fixing the border, uh, but he's going to talk about Congress having to step up and provide a pathway to citizenship for those who are here in the country illegally. Well, what we've seen in the past is these leftist ideas, they try to put them in terms of compassion. And really, uh, when you look at the end results of them, for whatever the intent is, compassionate or not, the end results are definitely not compassionate. And so lives destroyed by cartels coming across the border, economies south of us, countries destabilized because we're allowing cartels to gain influence, to, to see the United States kick down a notch and not able to be the strength and the, the light that we've been to the world over the last uh, several decades uh, is is not compassionate to allow despots to continue to gain authority across our border, but across the world is is not compassionate at all. And frankly, to allow evil to, to gain a foothold while good is suppressed is not compassionate at all. You are and absolutely so, right. You know, we've got to be able to see through these things and not uh, not take the bait, so to speak, or to head our heads in shame. But we've got to be able to stand up and stand for what's good and righteous. You're absolutely right. Congressman Michael Cloud, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good to see you. God bless. All right, folks, more Washington Watch on the other side of this break, so don't go anywhere. We're back after this. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. 
Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us on this Monday. All right, as I mentioned, uh, the president tomorrow night will be giving his State of the Union address. And I was thinking, you know, maybe he would have some different theme music behind his speech. Maybe something like this. I, I couldn't resist. I just couldn't resist. Um, you know, he's got a lot of explaining to do. Uh, and and again, as we were talking about earlier in the program, how the military say, oh, oh not, not, not a big deal. It's happened before. Really? How come nobody knew about it? I, this is one of those areas now that this is why elections are so important, because now you have Republicans in charge of the House which means they're in charge of committees, which means they can have hearings and ask tough questions. And so I expect some tough questions to be asked of the military leadership. Right, this happened before. How come nobody in Congress was briefed about it? How come the president, President Trump, was not briefed about it? How, how come his secretary of defense was not briefed about it? So it really happened? I mean, I smell a milli. I, I think he was probably... Well, I don't know. I'll just leave it at that. But I can sure give them some questions to ask if they need some help. But tonight, the Family Research Council will be holding its Faith, Family, and Freedom, the State of Faith, Family, and Freedom in America. I'll be giving that address here at the Family Research Council at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can tune in. We'll have pastors uh, from across the country will be here. We'll have uh, supporters. We'll have some who have uh, some parents who have experienced some of the things we're going to be talking about tonight. They're going to be here, and we'll have some members of Congress will be here as well. You can join us. We will be broadcasting this via frc.org beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern time, so be sure and tune in. It won't be long. I'm not uh, as long-winded as some of the presidents are. But I will be touching on issues that they won't talk about. But we believe this is a way that we have to shape the conversation. We've got to talk about these things. And so we're going to be doing that tonight, and I invite you to be my guest. Join us at 8 p.m. Eastern Time by going to frc.org. All right, as followers of Jesus, we've been given a mission to take God's truth to a world that is, frankly, looking for answers and for purpose. And 
we've seen even in recent days, and I'm going to talk about this tomorrow, about the comments the Pope has made about uh, human sexuality, and, and even some Protestant, prominent Protestant pastors in this country, who I think, oh, I, I, quite frankly, I just think they're false, they're false teachers and prophets by saying things that are not biblical. All right, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. But that's just symptomatic of a church that's kind of lost its way. So people are, they're, they're, they're looking for answers, and it's right there in Scripture, but they're not getting that teaching from, I'm not going to say, there are a lot of pastors, okay, so I want to be careful here because I, I don't want to paint all pastors with a broad brush, but there are a lot of pastors that are avoiding these issues, the issues of, of morality, these issues that are central to who we are as human beings. And so we point people to the Scripture. That's why we're doing this two-year journey through the Word. But we need to do even more discipleship. And, and so I was excited about a, uh, a project that FRC, with our Center for Biblical Worldview, has teamed up with Summit Ministries to launch a joint project to equip Christians to develop a sound biblical worldview on a host of issues. And joining me now to discuss this is Dr. Jeff Myers. He's the president of Summit Ministries. He is the author of 14 books, including Understanding the Faith, Understanding the Times, and Understanding the Culture textbook series. Dr. Myers, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you, Tony. It's This is a great topic to talk about because pastors have said, I really want to talk more about current issues, but I'm not trying to be political from the pulpit. How do I, how do I balance that? Well, you start by helping the people in your congregation understand the basics of a biblical worldview. And that is a part of this six-part uh, ser- six series that unpacks these things. Tell our, our viewers and our listeners about this joint project that uh, FRC and Summit Ministries uh, undertook. Well, we are Summit Ministries is pleased to work with Family Research Council. Uh, I love the focus that you all have on a biblical worldview. And we partnered together, put together a video course. It's for small groups. It's called NowWeLive.com. It is free and available for any small group in any church to use. We've had thousands and thousands of small groups use it so far in churches all across the country. To introduce a biblical worldview, uh, what is a worldview? What is there such a thing as reality? It's hard to believe we have to actually get to be that basic, but you know, people are trying to make up their own reality these days. Is there such a thing as truth? How do we know that Jesus really is the way? And this is not, this is not opinion. This is all based on scripture. This is based on scripture. We bring the facts to bear and the people who are in the video course are people that folks in your small group would recognize. Kirk Cameron is involved in it. Uh, Lee Strobel, who you know from the case for Christ, uh, you are in it, Tony, I'm in it. The people who have developed a, a strong ability to communicate what's really important about the basis of truth and then to do it in a way that's factual, but also co- compelling. I have to say, Tony, I was really moved by your portion, the video that you did on what does a biblical worldview look like applied to society. Uh, I was 
I was actually in tears, to be honest, as I watched you tell the story of the attack that you all experienced at FRC and how you responded biblically to it. That's the sort of training this is, to get people excited about a biblical worldview. There's a lot of stuff we can divide over, but we can at least be united that reality really exists, the Bible is really true, Jesus is the truth, and knowing that changes everything else. But we have to be tethered to the word, the word of God to dwell in the realm of truth, and that's what this lays out. So, so break down the six different parts to this. What will folks learn as they go through this? Well, you'll watch a video that's 12 to 15 minutes long. There are two guests on each video, and they're people you would recognize, best-selling authors, people who, uh, people from FRC, from Summit Ministries, and others. A lot of them are instructors at Summit Ministries, but we even have a couple on there that are rock and roll stars. But they have a strong biblical worldview and are very intent on communicating it. So it's, it's pretty interesting. It's not your typical uh, preacher-type small group series. But you watch a 12-minute video. You discuss it for probably 45 minutes. We give you all the discussion questions, and it starts out with what, what is a worldview? That, uh, what does it mean to see the world from God's perspective? And Tony, that's super important. And, you know, a lot of people, their faith is, well, that's how I feel. I, I feel good toward Jesus. And because I feel good toward Jesus, then I want to feel loving toward other people. But a biblical faith isn't just how you feel. It's also how you see. It's how you see everything else based on the right. truth of Scripture. So we talk about a worldview. Then we go into the question of reality. How do we know that reality actually exists? A lot of people today say, well, I have my own reality. You know, I believe whatever I want. My gender identity is whatever I want it to be or, or you know, whatever it happens to be, not just to pick on that particular issue, but w w people believe that, that reality is up to them. So how do we know there is actually reality? What does the Bible say? How do we understand that philosophically? Then truth. Can we actually know the truth? Or is it just our individual opinions that matter? Each one of these topics we put together in a way that you could just go right down through them, discuss them with your group. They don't even all have to say, I agree, but at least it opens up the conversation, moving people closer to a biblical understanding of the world. This is not only for churches, small groups can use this. I mean, you can actually, um, the way it's laid out, it's free. You can sign up and you can host a small group in your home. I mean, you can get a neighborhood, you can get folks in your neighborhood to go come over. If your church, you know, and I hear this, Jeff, and I'm sure you do as well. People say, you know, I, my, my pastor won't talk about these issues. I, wh where do I find out more about it? Hey, we say, look, host your own. Here's resources. And this is a great resource because it's just a matter of playing it, then having a conversation about it. There are all kinds of groups being held. We know of college campus groups, uh, service academy cadets in, this, in their own small groups, in their own personal time, getting together to do this, churches. But you're right. A lot of people just gather together in their home. And that's something that we do in our neighborhood quite a bit. Our, as a neighborhood, we're fortunate to be very close to one another. And so getting together, watching a video, talking about it. So, you know, we can do that. So I, I would recommend that people do that. Now, hopefully, pastors will feel like this gives them courage 
Yeah. Because it is difficult to address some some difficult political topics from the pulpit. You know that a third of the people in the congregation are going to hate you if you do it. And that's just a that's a that's yeah, a heavy burden yeah, to bear. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I've I experienced that. that. But, you know, yeah. I, again, I'm, I'm not going to make excuses for the pastors. It's biblical. And I think those if you just preach through the word systematically, you're going to have to address these issues. This is, if nothing else, a good resource for pastors to use as they study themselves to be able to expound upon the scriptural teaching on these various areas. That's right. And Tony, because because of the partnership that Summit Ministries and FRC have, we plan to release several seasons of this. So we address these core topics, worldview, reality, is Jesus really the Son of God? These kinds of questions in the first season. But in the next seasons, we get to go specifically into some of the more difficult issues. And we'll always address them with compassion. Right. We will always address them factually, but we will always address them from Scripture. Well, and, and, and Scripture is very clear about speaking the truth in love. And we say this, I say it all the time here at the Family Research Council, our goal in speaking truth is not to win a debate. It is to set people free with the truth so that they might experience the abundant life. I mean, that is speaking with a redemptive heart. We want to see people to come come to the truth and experience what Jesus has for them, which is the, the life more abundant. Um, talk about this has been out now for, uh, I guess, a couple of months. How's it catching on? It seems to be really catching on. We we think, well, there are probably 300,000-some churches in the United States of America. Uh, this sounds divisive, and maybe it is, but when you look at the ones who are actually biblically faithful, the ones that say Jesus is the way to salvation, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, which is John 14, 6, uh, Jesus really did rise from the dead. There really is a God. No, it's not you. It's actually God. And uh, if you if you look at the churches teaching that, you're down to about a third of the churches that yeah, exist. At best. Then if you take the ones who are afraid to talk about difficult issues from the pulpit, which is about 90% of the ones that are biblically faithful, you're down to about 10,000 churches or so, which is, sounds really scary. But because we know there are five, 4,300 group leaders doing this, we think that we're probably almost halfway to reaching the churches that really would be interested. Then the next goal, obviously, is to say to the others, come on, guys, it doesn't hurt at all to let people watch a 12-minute video and talk about it. If there's some truth here, then we want to discover well, it together. And increasingly, Jeff, I'm, I'm sure you see this, that people are wanting answers. They're looking for answers because this stuff is no longer theoretical or far removed. I mean, it's in your elementary school uh, where your children are attending. It is in the entertainment all around you. I mean, we're living immersed in this. And so you better understand how we're to navigate this and understand this in light of God's word. There's no question. Johnny 32, Jesus said, if you follow my teachings, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There are two important components there. The first one is truth. The Greek word there, aletheia, means reality. Jesus isn't just saying, if you follow my teachings, you will know your truth. He's saying, if you follow my teachings, you will know the truth. You will know reality as it actually is. And the second thing is that the truth sets you free. 
remember years ago, 1970s, uh, an author named M. Scott Peck was a psychiatrist, wrote a book called The Road Less Traveled. At the time he wrote it, he was not a believer, later did become a believer. Uh, and he said a lot of things that are very controversial. But one thing stuck out to me, Tony, he said, if you have an addiction or you have some kind of a mental health issue, the very first thing you have to do is grapple with reality as it actually is. Mm -hmm. You cannot be a healthy person if you're not grounded to reality. A psychologist say you can't have healthy relationships if they're not grounded in reality. They call that attunement. And I believe the same thing is true as a society. We might not all agree on every issue, but we at least need to ground our discussions in reality as it actually is, rather than just saying, oh, well, what the, my only truth that I can know is whatever works for me. And I think that, just, that you're never going to make it. That, that is at the heart of the growing division in our country is that not only do we allow various realities, we're actually promoting that now to our children that they can define themselves in their own reality. All right, uh, Jeff, before we run out of time, how can folks be a part of this? How can they tap in and use this resource? Tony, it's really simple. We've set up a special website, some of the ministries in FRC that is that you can go to. Uh, you can have your pastor go there. Your pastor will recognize some of the people who are on the videos and probably has read some of their books. Just go to nowwelive.com. Nowwelive.com. It's free to sign up. You'll put in your name and your email address, and we will send you all the details about how you can set this up for yourself. But especially for a group, don't, if you know the truth, don't keep it to yourself. Share the good news with other people. A lot of churches, Tony, have decided that they're going to make this an annual thing with all of their small groups in their church, that they'll go through nowwelive.com just to be sure that people can be familiar with a biblical worldview. And then they can go about the hard work of how yeah. that applies to today's issues. Well, it's uh, been a privilege to partner with you on this, and we're going to continue to encourage people to tap in and use this resource. Dr. Jeff Myers, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Sure. Great to see you, Tony. All right. And folks, great to see you as well. Thanks so much for joining us. And be sure and use this resource. It's there for you. So go to TonyPerkins.com if you missed uh, the, the website there. Got all of it right there for you. And be sure and tune in tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, for our state of faith, family, and freedom. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.